there, I'm Leslie Goodburn. You're listening to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast. In the podcast, we look at pancreatic cancer across its impacts, outcomes, and future treatment and support. We'll hear from patients, loved ones about the reality of the diagnosis. We'll hear from surgeons, oncologists, and nurses about the work they do to support people who are affected. We'll hear about the wonderful work done by researchers to find a breakthrough in understanding and treatments for the future. We hope that as a result of the podcast, you'll learn more about the signs and symptoms, about how this diagnosis affects the family, about the hope for the future. Thank you for listening. Charlotte and I look forward to you joining us on our journey through pancreatic cancer throughout the 30 days of November with contributors from across the world. The Purple Rainbow podcasts are produced as part of Seth's legacy in memory of my wonderful, kind, curious, funny husband, Seth Goodburn. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Charlotte. Today I'm joined by Kasia. She's from Warsaw in Poland and she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2014. Yes, eight years ago. She was just 33 at the time and her young son was just a toddler. I began this conversation by asking Kasia to tell me a little bit about her diagnosis. As for many people, it was quite devastating for me, right? Um, With me, it all began with a pain. So my uh, cancer actually gave me a signal. I was lucky enough. uh, to have a signal and uh, after that first signal I went to a doctor and I said that I had a pain in my upper stomach and there is something wrong but he just gave me some pills and he said that probably this is just a digestion problem right and and uh, and that's it but after uh, five months I think yes five months later I felt such a strong pain that I was sure that this is the same pain the same kind of pain that I had uh, five uh, months uh, before and This time I was not giving up, right? I went to the doctor and I said, okay, there is something wrong for sure because I have never felt such a strong pain. And then the doctor gave me uh, um, some uh, prescriptions and tests and I made a uh, ultrasound and it turned out that there is something wrong with my pancreas. And this was the first time when I actually uh, started to think, where is pancreas? I, I've never... Uh... You won't be the first person in that situation to have gone, what, where's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, But then I, I've read some articles and I know that this is serious and this is something that I need to take care of. Um, so I have started diagnosis, but uh, I was young uh, and... Many doctors said that I am, it's rather not pancreatic cancer because I am not in the statistics. And um, I, I heard this and of course it calmed me down, right? Even though I've made some, because in Polish um, system, very often the lines to the doctors are and to the tests, to, to, so, so they are so... Uh, big that it's better to make some tests privately 
So I went to, to private doctors and I made MRI and I've made uh, a couple more uh, tests and it showed that I have a cyst in my pancreas and that it is something that we need to check. But the diagnosis came only after eight months because uh, I've made many tests and they all show that probably it's not a cancer. But after these uh, eight months, there was another MRI, a second MRI, and there's something changed in the uh, imagining uh, of uh, my pancreas and they started to think that there is a tumor. And I had a surgery, a Whipple surgery. Uh, this means that they cut ahead of my pancreas and a couple more things. <laughs> I say when a surgeon opens you, they, they really like to cut. <laughs> Uh, and um, they, they, they cut the tumor with the pancreas head and after three weeks I had a histopathology report that uh, said that um, I have a pancreatic cancer. And of course I was devastated. I uh, didn't know what to do, uh, but very, very uh, immediately, actually, I received a lot of support from my husband and from my friends and from my family. Uh, they all took care of me. And when I was really down and in crisis, they started to look for the information, right? Look for the way that I can be treated. I had uh, a friend, uh, a neighbor actually, who was oncologist and I went to her and she helped me. She, uh, she, she directed me to, the, to other doctors and said what I had to do to start chemotherapy. Um, but shortly before the chemo, I had another CT scan made and it turned out that Although it was not, uh, uh, nobody uh, saw anything in the liver before, it turned out that I have four metastases in the liver. So I was at the beginning, uh, I felt that I was lucky because I had a surgery, but very soon after a month, it turned out that I am not so lucky because I have four metastases in the liver. And I started chemo. Uh, and it was not an easy way, right? Um, uh, I had a three months of very intensive and very aggressive chemo. But in that period, I've uh, started to build hope and to build, an, you know, a, a, a kind of rebel to the to the statistics, right? Because yes. the statistics are so bad that it immediately brings you down. And what you need to do at the beginning is just to try to get out of the dark side. And how did you do that? Because it's so hard to get out. You know, you, you hear the statistics, you hear what's going on. How did you bring yourself away from the dark side or out of that dark side? You know, at the beginning, of course, I, I cried a lot. This, all this emotion had to get through me and get past. But after, I don't know, a week, two weeks, I, I cannot remember right now exactly if it was a one week or three weeks, but, but it was not such a long time. Um, I realized that I have 
what I have is uh, a chance to get my pull myself together and uh, take the chemo because on the other side there is nothing there is only death and thinking of death the fear I felt at the beginning is was amazing I never felt such a fear because it was like an you know an animal fear something that you that you know that your life is threatened, that uh, there, is, there is a real threat. Uh, and, and this motivation and mobilization, it didn't came right away. But after a while, being on the dark side, as, as I said, I understood that there is nothing else there. And I keep saying to myself that it's better to laugh three months than to cry three years. And it doesn't matter how long I'm going to live, but it's important how I'm going to live. If I want to be with my husband, with my family, with my friends, or if I want to close myself in that misery. And I decided not to close myself because I love life. Any other way, I need to say that I'm rather an optimist. So probably this helped me a lot. Also, it helped me a lot because I had uh, my, my son when I uh, received the diagnosis was only two years old. And I was terrified that he is not going to remember me if I'm going to die. So I decided that I will try to do anything I can, anything that is in my power, uh, to live as long as it's possible. And I, of course, at the beginning, I never believed that I'm going to live eight years. You know, it's rather, even now when I think about it and when I look at this, uh, my story, it's, it's something so unbelievable. But... Um, I also went to a cycle oncologist and uh, uh, the help I received there, they, they told me that, okay, it's possible that you're going to die, but it's also possible that you can make it through, right? That you can take the, uh, mm, the treatment and it's going to help you. So uh, with that thought, I, I, I hanged to that thought and I started to do everything that I could to stay on the bright side. <laughs> uh, I went to a, another surgeon to ask if it's possible to remove um, those uh, uh, metastases from my liver after chemo. And uh, maybe because I was young, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but the, the I had two surgeons who say, okay, we will do it after the pre three months of chemo. And I had three months of this intensive chemo and then I had a surgery uh, on my liver. Actually, they cut the whole uh, right lobe of my uh, mm, liver, so it was quite a lot, but I was very thin at the time because I weighed only 47 kilograms. So, uh, yeah, I was very thin. But, you know, somehow I was strong enough to get through the chemo. Uh, so I had the surgery on my liver and it was successful. And I returned for chemo 
But after three months, I had another crisis because it turned out that after this change of autonomy in my anatomy, after change of anatomy in my stomach, uh, I had, um, it's called intestinal obstruction, right? So my, um, uh, there was a clutch in my uh, intestinal and uh, I had to have another um, surgery. And after that one, I was quite exhausted. Uh, I lost another kilograms and I weighed only 40, uh, thir- sorry, 40, yeah, 43, 43 Gosh. kilograms. Yes, it was really, I was thin. Um, and uh, you would say rather skinny, right? So it was very hard time for me. I had a, another like a psychological crisis then. But uh, I received also a good um, information after the surgery because the surgeon said that all in my stomach is clear. He had not seen any sign of uh, cancer. And uh, after a couple of weeks, when I grew stronger, it gave me another uh, hope because uh, I understood that there is a chance that I will be free of cancer. And, uh, and I continued uh, chemo. And in the, at the end of 2015, I, I, I finished it. Before I finish it, it's quite, uh, um, I think, uh, also motivating thing. I've run for the first time in my life, a 10 kilometer run uh, on the chemo. So I understood that I am much, much more stronger than I thought I am. And it was amazing because with every new obstacle, it turned out that I am getting stronger. This, this actually makes me stronger. It's not like that for everyone. I know that sometimes the crises are are something that people cannot get through but but with me luckily for me uh, I uh, I was getting stronger it's so clear coming across talking to you that your positivity and your determination make make you a match for anybody at least <laughs> but do you think having that that mental attitude of rights it's you know, I loved what I wrote down. It's better to laugh for three months than cry for three years. Do you think that's had any any role in how well you've done physically and mentally, obviously? I very often ask myself this question, you know, because it's always like, like when I talk to other um, patients, I am telling them that I do not have a recipe how to live so long as I do. But I know that certain things for sure uh, makes your chances uh, better. Mm, I don't know if this is the, 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 the right word, but you know, this is that makes you makes your chances higher, let's say. So for sure, um, the attitude does matter. I can see that with the other uh, patients as well that uh, mm, it's quite important for the uh, patient to try to 
build himself up, not to get down. So when you notice that there are things that getting you down, try to solve that problem, right? Because of course that um, it's very natural that uh, people with cancer are afraid, right? It's it's so natural. The fear is very natural thing, but it's scary. It, it is, is scary. It is, but it uh, the fear can bring two things. It can um, give you mobilization to 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 do things, or it can just immobilize you and you you don't know um, what to do. So, when people ask me what 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 is your strength uh, from, and I say, you know. Most probably it's from love, because I really have a loving um, support everywhere. I have a fantastic husband who is with me, and I have a fantastic son, of course. <laughs> that that love that they give me and uh, the support from my friends also, it's very... It's something that actually gives me more power. And yes, the attitude really uh, helps me, um, but I also know that you can actually work on that because, as I said, I am an optimist, but there were a lot of things that I had to learn in uh, this disease, right? I uh, had to learn what gives me that strength and what takes it down, right? So I went to a psycho-oncologist, I had a therapy for two years and very often still I consultate if I need it. Um, I understood that what gives me also the strength is meeting with other people. I, uh, I don't know, going on vacation, actually living, so staying active in living, not turning only to the to the pain and to the uh, to to the disease because of course when it pains it pains uh, and it's really difficult to bear but there are um, medications that can help us with right so there are things that we can actually uh, take care of to have a better quality of life. And for me also, my attitude is also getting um, to know as much as I could about pancreatic cancer and pancreatic cancer treatments. I've uh, read a lot of uh, uh, things just to know how to talk with the doctors, uh, what they are actually saying to me because at the beginning it all is just uh, black magic right you don't <laughs> yeah. understand uh, what they are saying you don't know what is and uh, all these things that actually there is so much new things that you need to learn and I decided to read as much as I can to get the information to try to educate myself uh, so I can actually yeah, understand all and, and have a small control on what's going on, right? Because when I have and when I know 
uh, how the treatment, how the standard treatments looks like, I can ask, okay, is there anything we can do out of standard, right? Is there anything we can try or... I am not afraid about uh, uh, to take part in clinical trials, right? Because I have information what a clinical trial is. And it makes me... It doesn't make me afraid of it, right? Uh, although, of course, I because I took a part in a clinical trial and it didn't help me. The treatment was, was not working. But still, I had the... Um, I was aware that it may not work. So here we are, 2022, eight years on from when you were first ill. How how are you now? Uh, so all in all, I had seven surgeries. I had uh, two thermal ablation. I am not sure if this is the right uh, uh, word, but uh, uh, also metastasis in the liver. And my uh, disease is still ongoing, actually. For last two years, I am on chemo. Now, uh, three months ago, I've changed it to a new one. Uh, but, you know, to tell you the truth, two years ago, when uh, the uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic started, uh, I had uh, just a regular uh, CT scan, but because of the problems with the access to the doctors, uh, it was not checked by my uh, by my ra- radiologist, right? So the one that always uh, uh, look at my uh, scans, and it turned out that uh, mm, that the doctor who actually from the hospital who saw that he missed. Uh, a progression and uh, uh, and uh, he missed the progression and I uh, mm, after three months when I went to my radiologist they've spotted five meta changes in the liver and then uh, we've planned uh, an intervention the thermal ablation but it turned out that three weeks after I had eight metastases and uh, yeah, this was uh, not possible to, 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 to make the intervention anymore and it was cancelled. I went on that clinical trial that I uh, said before. It didn't uh, work out and I had 11 metastases in my liver. So it was really dramatic and it looked like it is uh, the end of my journey uh, at that moment. But I went on a chemo again and it is very also interesting because I am not treated, I was not treated in a conventional way. I had the same chemo for almost uh, eight years with, of course, the breaks, but uh, this was the third time I uh, get back on the same chemo. I'm not sure if I can use the medicine uh, names or not. It was Abraxan and uh, Gemcitabine. So, so this this was the third time I uh, I had it, and it was very very interesting because I had a remarkable response on that chemo, but. I am sure that it was uh, because of interaction with uh, immunotherapy I received on a clinical trial. Uh, Because I had a great big rash, I had some kind of uh, 
signals that there was an in interaction with with uh, those uh, uh, with those medicines. Two years later, um, I had you know some ups and downs, but now last CT scan showed four metastases in my liver. Although uh, I have lymph nodes, which are quite enlarged and they are, it's not very good, let's, let's say. But still, I am on a chemo uh, and it's working for now. And I hope it will work as, as long as it can. And I am waiting for new clinical trials or new treatments that uh, I hope will occur maybe soon. <laughs> I would like sooner than later. <laughs> Kasia, what would be your message be to people who are listening? So what I would like to say to other uh, patients uh, or their relatives, just to try to keep, um, to keep hope and to build hope, because actually you can build it. And this will help you to stay on the bright side. And also... Um, Focus on what you can do, because this gives you strength, this hope and uh, actually uh, doing, uh, going to a therapy or something, it makes you stronger. Uh, and this can, uh, we don't know what the future brings. This is, this is what my uh, therapist says very often. Okay, it's very probably that. But there are also other possibilities, right? So try to look on uh, that whole spectrum. It's not that you can say to yourself, okay, it's going to be all right, it's going to be all right, I'm, uh, I'm going to be okay. No, because you don't know that. But it's very important to um, tell yourself that there is a possibility that I can get through it or I can get as far as I can. Thank you so much to Kasia for talking to me today and sharing her story and sharing her thoughts and her feelings as well. Remember, we've got an episode every weekday for you throughout November to celebrate Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And of course, you can always find out more about what we're up to by heading to purplerainbow.co.uk.